I have been the person that has been so desperate for validation because I needed others to validate me so intensely that I got myself in the grips of narcissists multiple times. I was prime bait for harmful people and those kinds of groups. You're listening to In It. This is for anyone who is in the trenches, in the process and pursuit of a life fully lived. And I want you to know that I'm with you. I'm your host, Lindsay Plebiak. Let's do this. Today, we're going there. We're going to go there. And the reason that we're going to go there today is because, frankly, between you and me, I don't think that I could have even done this episode any sooner than now for a few reasons. But the biggest one is that I personally feel in order for me to give an episode and a message about this topic, I had to personally heal from the experiences in order to talk about it. In no way am I suggesting that people have to withhold their experiences or they have to, you know, silently process. I think something that I've learned in hindsight is navigating through the pain that I've experienced with mean girls. I think there was a part of me that felt like I couldn't talk about what I've been through. And I think this is just a sliver of a few different episodes where I'll kind of lean into my experience. But I think the most important thing was in order for me to be able to give this episode today and to talk about this topic, I think I needed to personally heal. So wherever you find yourself on your journey and whatever your platform may be, that's okay. I don't want to push anyone in any direction. But I know for me, I needed to heal from everything in order to be able to share the way I'm going to share today. And that's why the timing of this is so important. And The thing that's really interesting to me, the thing that's really interesting about this concept and topic and thing that I think all of us have navigated in one season, another, or maybe you find yourself in one currently, is that the mean girl thing doesn't really seem to die off. We may be evolving as a society and growing with our abilities to make money on the internet and being able to, you know, we're going to the moon, you know, we're doing all these things where, we're, you know, there's satellites floating around and, you know, there's all this evolution around us that's happened from the earth and whatnot. And, you know, now we've got AI robots that can, you know, <laughs> figure out the future, what my kids that aren't even in existence yet look like. <laughs> but for some reason, ladies, we can't quite seem to get away from this, can we? The mean girl, the mean girl, the mean girls. And that's what I'm going to spend some time with pressing in today to talk to you guys about this because do you want to know why? Do you want to know why I'm even doing this episode? Not even about my own experience. That's like, that's the whole other thing. The reason I'm doing this episode today is because I received a text. Actually, it was a series of texts from a really good friend of mine who I hadn't talked to in a few years. And it came out of the blue. I got a text from her. It was a series of voice texts. And I hit play. 
this is somebody that I, you know, knew from when I lived in North Carolina and somebody that I highly respected on a professional level and had so many other great things to say about them as a person, professional, all these things. And I see that her name come across my text and I'm like, oh my God, I haven't heard from her in forever. I wonder what this is going to be about. And I click the play button and I hear a person frantically communicating. If you would have known who this person is, you, you would know that this isn't true to their character. <laughs> when I think of this individual, I don't think of a person who's frantic. <laughs> it's actually one of the last things that I would think of, but I'm listening to a frantic energy, a lot of breathing and nervous, nervous energy, and just feeling like a lot of dysregulation, like coming across the phone, which I know isn't, isn't used to her. And as I'm listening to the message, she, she's crying and being very, very vulnerable. And she's saying to me, Lindsay, how did you get through your season of dealing with a mean girl? How did you get through it? Now, this person I haven't talked to in years. They don't really know the inner workings of all that's transpired other than maybe what's been able to be observed on the internet and whatnot about my life. But that was the question that I got. And it was really frantic. And the energy was really nervous. And she told me that she was currently navigating, going through this process of these girls that she had befriended and the way that they had acted and the way that they were treating her. And she was so heartbroken. And she was asking me for advice and for help on how I've navigated seasons of dealing with mean girls. What did I do? And the thing that is even more interesting is when I got pulled the other day, you know, hey, ask me a question, you know, somebody else brought it up to me. Hey, you know, how do you, what do you do when, like, how do you navigate like mean girls? Like, what do you, what do you do with that? Like, how do you, how do you, like, what, help me? <laughs> and the thing that it's been really interesting is that these two people have really only just been very recent, but over the last two years, this has been a theme that I have had to process privately, but the amount of people that have come to me that have also navigated with the same things and are kind of sharing their stories on, you know, the back end of my process just shines a bright light on the fact that this is something that for whatever reason, we can't seem to quite escape. And today, I want to talk to you about how to deal with mean girls. I'm going to share a little bit of my story. I'm going to share a little bit of my process on what I did and how I've helped myself and some advice that I have. But let me be very blunt straight out of the get-go. If you are coming to this episode and the first thing you thought when you saw my title, when you saw my promo, when you were like, oh man, you want, you want, the, you want the tea? You want some kind of tea? You are a part of the problem. You are a part of the problem. You see, as women... I think there is something that is in the core of who we are that makes us really incredible, okay? And I think what that is, is that it's this caring, nurturing nature that is true to who we are. We're very invested in details. We're very attuned to the emotions of other people. Our spirit is nurture. That's like who we are in the core of who we are is nurture. But I think that if you take that nurturing spirit and in any way there is trauma or skewed vision, I think that that nurture can quickly turn 
into nurturing harm. It's like we're nurturers, right? (laughs) Nurture. That's what we do. But I think if we're not careful, what we nurture actually takes a hold. And some of it isn't our fault because I believe that our society has conditioned women to compete with each other. And I think it's really messed up. I do. So I think there's this element of competition that's just kind of on this underbelly of our society that we have to kind of navigate anyway. But here's what I'll say. The spirit of a mean girl is very real. It's very real. And I think a couple of things actually go into creating that. But I want to say straight out of the gate, if, if like I said, if, if you're coming for tea, if you're coming for drama, you're part of the problem. I really believe as women that this is the time to do better, to evolve, to change. And unfortunately, the only way that we can do that is to understand this. It is not our role, our job to change, interact, and navigate with the mean girls. It's our job to evolve into being the woman that we want to actually do life with and we actually want to see. And before I start, this episode isn't about the mean girls. This episode is about the person struggling as a result, okay? This isn't for them. This is for you. I think it's very important for you to know when it comes to me and who I am. And when we're actually referencing the movie, I don't know how many of you have seen the movie Mean Girls, but my God, (laughs) what an unbelievable depiction of this phenomenon that I think for whatever reason, you know, we're still navigating. And I want you to know, listening, that if you have ever seen that movie, I am Katie Heron. I am like Jumbo, like for real. Like I am the one that's like, hello, totally nerdy and super creative. Like I'm an art kid. I'm actually somewhere between her and her friend that was the, uh, I forget what her name is, but her, her buddy, that's like the, she's like punk and goth. I'm somewhere between Katie and, and her, and her buddy who, um, who, who are super, is super gothic and just kind of like this moody, you know, artist. That's who I am. That's my nature. I am, I am the girl that would walk into school and I would see kids sitting alone at the lunch tables and I would walk up to them and be like, do you want to sit with me? Can I sit with you? You know, even if I felt a little uncomfortable because I had to be the first one to go initiate that conversation, I didn't know what that person was going to say. My nature to who I am is somebody who wants to be inclusive. I want people to feel like they belong. I don't want to leave somebody out. I don't like that feeling. And what's really interesting about me is that I was friends with everyone, okay? I was friends with everybody. I had all different groups of people that that knew who I was, that, you know, I would be doing life with. You know, all these different people that were from totally polar perspectives is is kind of how I, you know, was. I was just friends with everybody. I got I I got along with all different types of people and I've always been a connector of people. I've always been somebody that's like, "Hey, you know, you're cool and you're cool. You guys should hang out and get to know each other cuz like then we can all hang together." That's kind of just always been my spirit. I'm a connector. I like to bring people together. I like people to be, you know, connected. But I never really actually 
was a part of a group. I never actually was in the circle. I was kind of on the outside of the circle, but I was still knowing everybody and connecting everybody. And I never had like a true circle, but I was also kind of okay to not be in a group because I was friends with everybody. But I also really did kind of desire this like best friend, bestie kind of vibe. I think I was curious about it because it just looked really special. It looked sacred. And so anyway, I think that these things can tend to play in to, you know, how we get involved with, with those types of women is that, you know, maybe you have found yourself on the outside kind of like wanting to be a part of a group. Maybe, maybe you've observed groups and maybe you've thought, oh, those people look kind of cool or like, oh man, like they look neat. Like maybe I should try to like be a part of that group of women. You know what I mean? Like there's this appeal, there's a draw to it. It's, it's curious. You're curious. You're like, oh man, like that looks kind of fun or that looks like something I'd like to have. Or maybe there's like a longing there. And I think wherever you're finding yourself when it comes to how do we even get tied up with mean girls, I think it's a few things. I think number one, it's recognizing that it's probably coming from a place of genuine desire to want to connect to another person. And there's nothing harmful about that. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong about your genuine desire to want to connect to other women, whether it's a best friend, whether it's a group of women, there's nothing wrong with wanting a genuine desire to be like, man, I'm a woman. I want to connect to other like-minded women. And it would be amazing to have friends and it would be amazing to have other women that I connect to. I think like, first of all, it's like, well, how do we end up here? It's like, well, you just had a genuine desire to want to get to know other women. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. You can't beat yourself up because I think like you go through that and you turn around, you're like, how did I get here? Well, you had a genuine heart. Because let's be honest, when we're saying mean girls, are we really talking about haters on the internet? These faceless, nameless circles on our Instagram feeds that are just hollering out and saying hate? Is that, is that who we're talking about today? I, that's not who I'm talking about today. <laughs> I mean, we know you're out there. We know that you're you know, throwing hate on the internet. But frankly, I think that that group of people are so irrelevant that it's not even worth having airtime. It's not even worth it, right? I don't, I don't think that's who we're talking about today. I think who we're talking about today are women that somehow we've either come to know, known, have done a season of life with, or have caught ourselves kind of in the crosshairs with. I think this is something a little more personal. Like, again, I'm not saying these are not people that are online, but you know them. They're not faceless, nameless, XPQRD, you know, with a gray, you know, or gray or black circle on their name for their thing with like 15 numbers. <laughs> Look at my story. No, that, that's not who we're talking about today. You know them. They know you. So maybe you're not connected closely. Maybe it's this online thing, but these are, these are people with names that you know. That's who we're talking about today, okay? And the meanness, the cattiness, the, the immaturity, okay, and how that plays out. So let's talk a little bit about how do we navigate all of this? Well, I'll be really real with you because you know that's what I do. I read that quote. And change everything. It said, 
you can't expose me because I will expose myself. <laughs> like my vulnerability is my gift. It's my strength. I will expose myself and I will be transparent in this time to say that a really important thing to understand about navigating mean girls is that when you interact with them, you will ultimately become one. And there was a season where I was doing some life with a not, not so nice girl, <laughs> not so nice person. And what was so fascinating about it was that I ultimately changed in my character and ultimately became a version of myself that I didn't love. And so let's let's understand the motivations. Let's let, let's try to let's try to unpack the motivation. We're coming from a place of wanting to belong, wanting to connect to other women, the genuine desire. I believe that their motivation is from a place of such deep insecurity. Like, why do they behave the way they behave? Like, why do they act the way they act? Well, and, and by mean, what, what we're saying is we're, we're kind of referencing that scene from like Regina George. You know, how do, how do we know? How do we know that we're in the company of a mean girl? Okay. <laughs> we're going to reference the scene from Regina George where, you know, from the show where she's literally standing there. Oh my God, I love your skirt. Like, where did you get it? I love your bracelet. Like, where did you get it? And then she like walks away and she's like, that is the most ugly effing skirt I've ever seen in my life. Like as soon as the girl walks away. <laughs> Gang, let me tell you something right now. Living in the South, oh my Lord. I have seen and heard things. I have had to, I am traumatized. I have trauma. I have, I have trauma. I, I have trauma from living here. <laughs> I got to go back to the North. No, no, this is everywhere. But I will say this is something I have heinously observed in the South culture that I, I just don't, I don't care for it, man. I don't know what the deal is down here. Here's, here's the thing. I, I get, I, I rag on it, right? I rag on it. But it's it's because of this. It's because of this. I'm, I'm kind of jumping, but stay with me. Because this, okay, I'm I'm from up north. I'm from from Baltimore, Maryland, and 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 the Northeast. And 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 here, listen, let me just let me just tell you this now. If I don't if I don't like you, okay, if I'm not a if I'm not a fan, if I'm not if you're not my person, you know, if I'm if we're not cool on good terms, like you know, you you're gonna know it. You're going to know it. And it's not to be like, hey, I'm an ass. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm, I'm trying to get nicer. I'm really trying to be a nicer, more patient, more loving person. And God's doing a, a wonderful work in my heart in that area. So I have a lot more uh, kindness to lend. But but for the most part, if, if you're not my cup of tea, you're, you're going to know. Like I'm not going to spend, even if I'm, you know, trying to like be nice, you know, if, I, if I'm not, if I don't care for you, I ain't going to like sit with you and and be like, oh yeah, like act like, you know, I want to know all this stuff about your you and your life and care. Like I'm going to keep it short. We're going to keep it short. We're going to keep it. Hey, how's it going? All right. Take care. You know, we're going to move on or I'm just going to kind of ignore you. Like it's just, it's just the way it is. Cause that's just how we roll up North. We don't do this, these games, you know, yes, they exist everywhere. Yes. Women are everywhere can, can, can take these, these things on. And you know, it's that that's been since the dawn of time, but I'm talking about this since I lived in the South that I really observe this twisted kind of perspective of we're going to be kind to women's faces and then we're going to like tear them when they're not looking. And, and, and that is a whole other animal that I have just really tried to fight. I have tried to fight it. I don't want nothing to do with it. But you know what? When you're in the company of someone that's like that, you're going to take those traits on. 
when you're spending time with women that are actively tearing down other women, you're going to find yourself doing the same thing. And I've a thousand percent felt guilty of that from before. And, you know, again, like I've worked on myself so much the last year to just, even just the last six months to just be like, no, this is, this is, this is repulsive. This is not the vibe. This is not it. And, but you realize that you, you, you become who you're with. You become who you spend the closest amount of time with. So if you're doing life closely with women who are putting other women down or just not having life-giving conversations, and you're somebody who wants to be having life-giving conversations and you want to be moving the needle forward and you want to be creating and you want to be around inspiration, but that's the atmosphere of like who you're spending your time with, it's going to do one of two things. It's either going to repel you or it's going to make you become that. And I think for me, you know, I think it started off harmless. I think like, you know, certain people would say certain things. And and I think for me, I'm a person that's very governed by like truth and perspective. And I think I'd hear things and I'd be like, you know, I, I could see that. Like my perspective would be like, well, I see the truth of what they're saying, but I wasn't attuned. Again, you have to go back to like where you are on your healing journey, where you are in your growth journey. When I was the closest to me and girls, I was the most insecure version of myself. When I was the closest to mean girls, I was the most insecure version of myself. It's kind of what happens. It's kind of like the big roundhouse kick point that I'm trying to get to is that grown ass women, we hear this, right? We hear this. We hear that this is a thing. Oh, women talk about this. Women talk about, you know, no. When you're actually growing and grown and you're, and, and not even grown, but like healed healing on a path of healing and healed, like being, that's why I said like this episode couldn't exist until now because I had to heal my, I had to be healed. (laughs) I'm healed. (laughs) When you're actually healed, your mind doesn't even access, like it, like your brain doesn't even want to to like take the energy to, cause you just don't care. Like, like I can't be more real about that. When you, when you're actually healed, you don't even give a flying crap about any of this because your mind is so focused on like your life, your health, who you want to be, where you want to go, what you want to impart, and you just want to be around women that are life-giving. That's what you want. That's what I want. Are you kidding me? Are you joking? And there's freedom because there's, you don't need the acceptance. You don't need the validation because you're healed. You have the validation. Like you're walking around being like, I validate myself. God validates me. I am enough. I do not need X, Y, and Z approval. I'm here to just do me. And it feels good. You're not looking. You're not looking for them to affirm, to, to, to be a part. You're good. You're okay. But when you're not when you're in that place of not being healed, you're struggling with insecurity, you're needing validation, you need other people to see you. Are you guys are you guys kidding me? Listen, I have listened to me. I have been the person that has been so desperate for validation and it got me in a lot of trouble. 
It got me in a lot of trouble because I needed others to validate me so intensely that I got myself in the grips of narcissists multiple times because I needed the validation. I needed someone to see me. And I was in so much pain. I was struggling so much. I was having such a hard time. I was so insecure in myself. I was prime bait for harmful people and those kinds of groups because I didn't have the own internal strength, nor did I have the maturity to want to actually be around people that were actually living in maturity (laughs) because I wasn't there. You know, it all plays out. And so you have to understand that when these women are talking and these girls are talking and talking all this stuff, they're saying all this stuff, they need that because they are so weak on the inside. (laughs) They need it. They need it. They need to distract themselves from their own BS life and the way that they're living and the insecurity that they're combating and the stories that they've told themselves. They need to tear others down because if they didn't have that ability to tear others down, they would have to sit in the fact of who they really were. They'd have to actually face themselves in the mirror, which many of them are unwilling to do. And the only way, the only way that they can survive their day-to-day life is to keep this cycle going. Because for them to face themselves, for them to actually get the healing that they needed, to actually break those cycles, to actually be a woman that lived in humility, that actually had a healthy shame, that actually required self-reflection to say, you know, where have I messed up? It's impossible for them. It would be too costly. It would be too painful. So they have to keep this cyclical story going. And honestly, it's rooted in deep insecurity. It's so weak. Some of the the people that bullied me the hardest, some of the people that made me feel as small in my life, now in hindsight, with my growth, with my healing, with my maturity, I look back and I realize how weak of weak those people really were. It's it's incredible. But in the moment that that person is, you know, making you feel small, you're already feeling so small. You can't see that. You can't see that till you get away. You can't see that till you step back. You can't see that till you heal. You can't see that till you grow. But then you see it and you're like, oh my God, oh my God. And that's the thing that you have to understand about doing relationship or being in relationship with mean girls is that it, is going to cost you the goodness of who you are. And I went on a journey through this process myself of where I once was somebody that, you know, was full of life, happy, just joyous, friends with all, friends with everybody, was that girl at the lunch table trying to, you know, meet those kids that were sitting by themselves and somehow somehow through doing this relationship with these types of people, I became a person who prescribed to exclusivity, that prescribed to wanting to cultivate a group that felt like people had to be a part of it, that there was like requirements to do life with people. And listen, I'm not saying, you know, you know, we shouldn't have healthy guidelines for the people that we want to do life with, but to make another feel smaller than you, ah, 
wow, that's a, that's a special kind of low. That's a special kind of low. And one day I woke up, I woke up and I remembered who I was. I remembered that I was the girl at the lunch table. I remembered I was Katie Heron saying Jumbo. I remembered who God made me to be. And I was able to recognize that all of this, even though that these characteristics had been taken on, that none of this was who I was. And at any moment I could dismiss it. At any moment I could say, this isn't me. At any moment I could reclaim what was mine, a kind hearted person. And I could remove myself from these toxic influences. And so if you find yourself today caught up in a myriad of mean girls or navigating mean girls, you have to understand something. They're more afraid of you than you are of them. (laughs) I know it doesn't look like it, but they are. And you have to know that if you've heard them run their mouth about somebody, they're going to run their mouth about you when you walk out the room. And Again, as women, I think this is our hardest work. I have fallen guilty to this multiple times. I've asked for forgiveness. I've had to go make apologies to people (laughs) because you have to. You have to make things right. And you have to know that that is not the type of relationship that you want to engage with. And I think the reason that people stay in relationships like this is number one, they know if they walk, they will become the victim of what awful cycle. Now it's going to be you that they talk about. And you want to know what? It's true. It's just true. They will. But you're not going to be around that anymore. And that's going to be way better than sitting in whatever little circle that they're in. I've always known when I have been in the company of the wrong person, I know how, I know I know I am when I walk away and I and it can evaluate how I feel when I leave. When I leave a conversation, do I feel like life has been poured back into me or do I feel drained? Do I feel like I feel dirty because this conversation felt dirty talking about somebody and I'm just like, yeah, this is really fucked up. I don't want to sit here. I don't want to be a part of this. Like, this is not my jam. Or do I leave that conversation feeling inspired? Am I laughing? Am I happy? I'm like, man, what a great friend. And the thing that's so cool is that even though I did a season with Mean Girls, particularly Mean Girl, even though I did that season, I have had incredible girlfriends throughout my life that have been the anchor that whenever I have gotten off course, I can go back to them and grab onto them. And and honestly, what I, two, two things, if you're finding yourself coming out of a season of, of doing relationship with this, or if there is a, if there is a mean girl in your life, I want to just, I want to just say something bluntly to you. I want to say something really bluntly to you. You can take this or you can leave it. But what I've learned is just don't even give them the time of day. Don't even give it the time of day. When I walked away from a mean girl who had, (laughs) and I'm, and I'm putting that really delicately, by the way, (laughs) when I, when I, when I finally made that decision to walk I didn't say much. I didn't say much. I also want to say this. There's a difference between mean girls, bullies, insecure women, and then narcissists. Those are, those are two different things. We'll, we'll cover the other one maybe another day. But, but for now, just to know too that those are two different things. There's insecure women and then there's like narcissists. And, and just want to say that. <laughs> Both are highly insecure, but there's different degrees of this as well. So anyway, all of that to say, wherever you have found yourself in this, you know, mix of of just even if it's just like toxic women just talking about whatever, just women that are being hurtful, being catty, being 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 just just they just suck. Listen, 
some days I, I've literally gotten on my knees and I've said to God, I'm like, God, I feel like I'm called to influence women. And I'm just like, but why? I feel like I just am like, why? I feel like sometimes I'm like, it's just tiring. Like, it's just tiring that... But this is this is part of it, right? If you're wanting to dis, just get away from, maybe you've been in a group of women that just are not life giving, and you just want to be done, and or maybe there's one in particular where you feel like you got to say something. Listen, just don't, just just don't. Like I'm telling you, just get on your knees, wish them well, pray, thank thank the Lord, get ask Him for strength, and just 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 be done. Because I'm telling you, it's going to end messy no matter what. You don't want to give them more fuel. You don't want to give them more fuel to the fire. You, you just don't. They're going to talk anyway, so just walk, okay? Just walk. Because it's already it's already, it's already, already over, you know what I mean? So don't feel this pressure to be like, I got to go make peace or whatever. I think when I made the decisions to, to shift or whatever, you know, a lot of people would say things to me. They'd say, oh, you're the bigger person. You're being the bigger person. They would say those things to me. And I... I they were being kind and I understand what they were saying, but it was almost like this, un, it was almost like this unspoken pressure was put on me. And it's really interesting too. Again, I'm not trying to like digress, but sometimes people will excuse the, the hurtful people's behavior because they're peacekeeping and they don't want to uh, rock the boat and cause conflict. And so you're kind of causing the conflict by separating yourself, but they'll say things to you like, oh, you're being the bigger person. And, 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 and I would hear that and I would be like, you know, you can't be the bigger person when you simply just are the bigger person. You know, there's a difference. <laughs> you you know, you don't need to be the bigger person when you actually on paper are the bigger person. So don't put this pressure on yourself that you've got to like be the bigger person and like, you know, tie it all up in a bow. Okay. You, if you are the bigger person, you are the bigger person. So, so you, permission to just kind of walk, permission to just wash your hands, permission to just be like, Hey, I, I'm out. Because there's a difference there. Okay. And some people just frankly, they stay in all this and they stay in this stuff because they don't want to disrupt this, the cycle. My, my counselor said it to me best and I, God love her. She said, some people just want to ride on a dysfunctional merry-go-round. And when you get off the ride, you mess up their ride and they want you to come back on the ride and they want you to ride with you. And when you're going, I ain't riding, they're still riding on the ride. They're having fun. They want to ride on the crazy train and they want to go on and you're standing off and you getting off represents something. And they, if they still want to ride on it and you're over here shouting and you're saying no, and you're trying to talk to them and you're trying to reason with people that want to stay on that, it's just going to make you look nuts. Trust me. I've been through this the last two years and, and it's like, you know, it, it what I've learned is just walk, just walk. And like, just let it, let it play out as it will. Like, let it just play out. You know, a lot of those relationships, fun fact, a lot of the, lot of the relationships that the mean girl group that was directed at me the last two years, guess what? That group fell apart because when it is just a group of girls that are like acting mean towards you, that can only last so long. And the thing that's been really cool for me personally is a lot of those women who were like kind of mean to me during the process have actually come and have apologized and asked for forgiveness and like have wanted to like be cool. And 
also recognize the toxic patterns of from before. And it's been so healing. Like it's been so healing. And instantly I was like, absolutely, we're cool because I get it because I was also in that cycle. And so I think too, to know that if that time comes where like you do walk and you do, you go and you seek your own peace, don't feel like you have to tie it up on this bow, allow God to heal you and allow God to heal them. And, you know, sometimes they, they may, some may never come, you know, some may not come to you. I, I, you know, I'm, I've navigated the sadness, unfortunate part of that as well, but some have. And that minute that like that person did, I was just able to be like instantly, we're cool. It's all good. And I didn't have to like sit there proud and repeat the cycle. I got the choice to heal. That's I got the choice to like heal it and to actually be a good woman and a good person to that person. And so now that they can do the same thing for them, that's how this changes. That's how this cycle breaks is that we actually end it. That's how this, this, we, we can't go to the people that are harming us or the ones that are being like that way and expect them to change. They're going to either have to come to their knees themselves and have a giant wake up call themselves, or they're going to have to like, and, and, and to do that would require them to mature and to grow. And some are just frankly not going to do that, but you get the opportunity to change how you want to interact with women and who you, you know, want to do life with. And you get that chance to break those cycles you know, God willing. And so, you know, like I said, just don't give it that energy, walk away from it. And honestly, there was moments where I had to be alone for a second on the other side. And I was so lonely. I sat in so much loneliness for the last year and a half. And I had to kind of remind myself in the loneliness that I was better alone than back there in that dysfunction. And that's really hard. That's a really hard thing to do when you're like, trying to choose healing and you're trying to choose the right path, but it might cost you that group of friends that you've spent time with for some time. I want you to know I get you. I understand you. And that that is a part of the process that you might have to go into a season of isolation to be able to heal from it. And it is extremely lonely. And I want you to know that if you're in that time, that the best things that you can do is to block, to mute the people that have hurt you. And yeah, I'm going to say it. Like some people are like, what the heck? Like, you know, blocking, like they take blocking so seriously. It's like, you know what? Some people need to be blocked from your Instagram. Some people need to be blocked. Some people should not have access to you. Some people should not be able, again, this goes back to the bigger person thing. Some people are like, you know, I don't like, they, they are watching my stories and like, they're not, if this person has harmed you, if this person has brought you serious pain, permission to block, permission to mute, permission to disengage, at least while you're working on healing. And some relationships, I have certain people that I have blocked on my Instagram that I will never unblock and I am healed. And I'm like, you will never come on my Instagram. <laughs> I'm sure that they have created some crazy fake account where they're still watching all my stuff because they still copy my ideas. Yeah, I said that. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. But whatever. All of that to say, you have to you have to focus on what you need for you. And if that requires some physical mental space in order to start healing from things like this and allow yourself to grow, do it. The next thing I would say is spend some time getting reconnected with yourself. I think it is so vital. I think if you've been caught up in a circle of negative influence or, you know, mean girl 
behavior. I think there needs to be a separation period and a time where you're reconnecting to you and that you're doing things that reconnect you to who you are. For me, a huge one of those things was going back to Baltimore. I went back home a lot over the last two years to go back to my friends who I loved and who knew me and have known me for so long that have loved me through every single season of my life, of my character, my highs, my lows. They've seen me at some of the lowest moments. They've loved me over the last decade and beyond. I have some friends back home that I've been friends with for 20 plus years. It's like, I needed to reconnect to something familiar. I needed to like go to people that like didn't know me for that season. And they, they, they reminded me of who I was. I needed to be reminded of who I was. And so, and, and, and if you're breaking away from relationships where you have only been around like this, like maybe you don't have like those old familiar friends to like go back to. Maybe this is like the group of people that you've only ever done life with and you want freedom from. You're going to have to be okay to like really, really, really put time in on the front end to like getting to know yourself, getting to invest in yourself, doing things that are life-giving to you, trying new hobbies, you know, creating, doing things that that you can that you can possibly make new friends on. I've heard that that Bumble Friends app is cool. I've never been on it, but I've heard that that's how people can get to know each other. I, you know, just ways to find new people. If you see people on Instagram that really inspire you or girls that you really like, just like let them know that you love what they're doing so that you can connect with them. I've gotten to connect with so many incredible creators over the last year that have just loved my content that have just seemed like cool chicks. And one of the things that I did believe about myself, which was kind of a bummer, was I believed that kind of when things happen, like I had somebody ask me, like, are you, are you open to making new friends? And, and kind of after things happened, when I was still kind of deep in the hurt, I was like, no, I'm not interested in making new friends. I'm kind of done with women. I'm kind of done with friends. And I, I was just kind of like, you know what? I'm just going to strengthen the ones I have. You know, I think that that was just a lot of a product of a lot of pain. And I think that was just the result of a season of a lot of pain. But one of the best things that I've done is I've actually connected with women that inspire me and that are cool. And it, yeah, my circle is a little smaller these days, but it's, I've strengthened the relationships. I've invested and strengthened into the relationships that I know like I said, my buddies from Baltimore, the ones that have like really filled me and the friends, the friendships that I have, you know, that have hung around through all of this. Like I've really worked on strengthening those relationships, but I've also opened myself to meet other women. And I, and I have really, really, really tried to not throw myself into that bestie thing. I've really like, I've, I've, I've seen a pattern with myself where I did choose like unhealthy best friends for a long season. And now I'm like, you know what? I have one best friend. She lives in Baltimore and she's been my best friend for 12 years. And I think, oh, I'm going to cry. BK, are you listening to this? I think deep down, it was just so hard to leave my home when I moved away from her however many years ago, I think I just was like, you know what? I'm just going to like go find a bestie like that can kind of fill her spot while she's not here. And um, what I've realized is over those, over these like what, 12, 10 years now that I haven't lived in Maryland, that she is irreplaceable. And that even though I kind of fell into, you know, certain relationships that were really harmful to me, you know, my buddies, because a real friend, man, real friend will be there, ride or die. Ride or die is a real friend. And no matter season, time, life, hardship, whatever, she's always there. She's always there. And she always reminds me of the truth of who I am. She always calls me higher. And she is just a person that isn't out to harm 
And I think that those are really great indicators if you're looking for like, how do you know you have a right friend? They remind you of the truth. They call you higher and they are not out to harm. Because I've had relationships that said things that were true about me, called me higher, but they were out to harm. They were manipulating me. And I think that's a very other key thing. She's not out to harm. She doesn't want anything from me. She just wants my friendship. Matt, those are the people worth finding, seeking, and strengthening. Those are those relationships. And so how do we, how do we turn the page? How do we move forward? Well, we allow ourselves to get real today. We allow ourselves to like lay it out on the table. And we reach down deep in the core of who we are. And we realize that whatever has been done to us, even if we have been the offender, we have the opportunity to turn all of this around regardless. And we can choose to live differently. And we can choose to seek different relationships with women today that we really can change this cycle. And we can really be the women that we would long to do relationship in life with, that we can be that person first. And I truly believe that if we actually lean into being the type of woman that we want to be and that we want to do life with, that the right ones will find us. Remember, if you're around a group of women that do nothing but put other women down, talk about other women, just you know, and again, I've been, I've been in that group. I have been a victim of that. I have been a participator of that. I, I, and, and it, and it blows, but you have to remember the insecurity is the driving force. That was my season when I was the most insecure version of myself. And that season has passed. And when you can own your confidence, when you can realize that a lot of this is just this behavior is just coming from very weak people. You have a choice. You get a choice. You can choose whether you want to stay in that or whether you want to actually step out and be different and light a path for other women to really latch on to, to grow, to become the greatest versions of themselves, to own who they are, inspiring other women to step up more boldly, to speak life instead of speaking all this death and judgment. Instead of talking about so-and-so's whatever, you're talking about dreams and visions and ideas and inspiration, not people, not people's life or their pain or their problems because it throws off focus on yours. When we actually realize that we're all human and that we all have insecurity, we can extend grace and compassion for those who struggle with it the most without participating in it then I think we can really be great. I think we can then lean into who we really are, nurturing. What are you nurturing, ladies? Are you nurturing insecurity? Are you nurturing putting other women down? Are you nurturing, like, what are you nurturing? Are you nurturing something healthy, something life-giving, something that's going to drive other women to, to come up, to come up from this behavior, to, to, to move higher? And to realize that we really can be the change that we want to see, that we want to experience, and ultimately we can start creating the groups that we want to, that we, that, that all women can come and be a part of, you know? And it's not this exclusivity. John Maxwell, my personal mentor for the last three years, <laughs> so cool to say, 
and somebody that I admire greatly when it comes to leadership. He said the quote, he said, if you want to, if you want to really impact people, you need to walk through a crowd slow. Why? So that you can talk to people, that you can impact people, that you can get to connect with people. You know what he said? He said, lose the arm. If you think that you're better than people, oh, hon, you got a great bit of humility that you need. That's okay. We can extend we can extend compassion to you today. We're all kind of out here doing our best. And I think it takes a strong woman to say, no, I ain't going to be a part of that. No matter how weak that you feel, no matter how weak they make you feel, you have to remember for you to say no, for you to change, for you to step away, for you to want more, for you to demand more, for you to look for more. That takes a strong woman, a very strong woman. And yeah, the road to healing, it's hard. I cannot promise you a glossy, tied-up bow. But what I can promise you is you'll find your way back from the mean girl journey. And it's going to fade away into just this little chapter on a page of your life. And you're going to feel fulfilled as you look into the eyes of other strong women who have had the same path that have made different choices that now can truly impact and influence women on a much greater scale and can really be a part of this trail that we're all blazing forward. That's my hope. And that's my heart. So if you've got mean girl probs, let this, let this episode today be the last day that you deal with it. And remember that you're more, even if you've forgotten, and that uh, even in the end, Regina George has her, uh, her little heart transformed. No one's ever too far gone. But you let that work be somebody else's job. You work on yourself, and you step into whatever this season has for you. Take the focus off of them. Put it back on you. And remember who the hell you are. <laughs> Sound good? Thank you so much for listening to In It. If you are loving this show, please take a moment and rate, review, and subscribe. Your reviews and rates really help get our message out there. And when you subscribe, the episodes will automatically download to your phone so that you'll have them as soon as they launch. Thank you guys for always tuning in. You're what makes this so special.